Hello and welcome to Scrutiny's 2022 New Year's Resolutions podcast. I'm delighted to introduce our Scrutiny panellists who will be sharing their CISO resolutions in the world of cybersecurity. Phil Davies, Chief Technology Officer and John Winchester, Director of Product Development and Operations. So without further ado, please take it away, Phil. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, It's great to be here. I guess we were talking in the office, weren't we, about what it would mean for CISOs who are having to consider what their New Year's resolutions would be. And it would be a good talking point to to, to discuss what we might choose if, if we were in their shoes. And I guess in the context of so many changes in the threat landscape at the moment, it's increasingly difficult to, to work out what you would do. But, you know, in the spirit of, of wanting to help people and, and to understand the challenges that that people face. I kind of thought that there might be some predictions that we would consider in the in the context of these new resolutions. So the first one I thought about here was that increasingly we're seeing more mega breaches happening where significant cloud organizations that we rely upon, the WhatsApps, the Facebooks, but, but also the, the, the cloud services, public cloud, so Amazon Web Services or as you're suffering some challenges, we, we've seen more this year than, than ever before. And I think that that's going to continue and people need to have prepared for that and, and consider that. Um, I see that we're going to see more supply chain issues. So and what I mean by that is that there are more breaches of pieces of, of software, making use of connections that suppliers have into our organisations, that that there's potential for browser password management leakages, uh, again, that are an immediate uh, problem should they occur because people put so much faith in them and and it it gives access to some significantly sensitive assets in our organisations sometimes. And and also that that people in the rush to cloud have have still got misconfigured cloud tenants, cloud accounts running, that that more more organisations are going to struggle with you know finding that somebody else has joined and, and started using their cloud account without without being authorized. So on that basis, I guess and, and having having worked with a number of organizations over the past, when I'm thinking about planning uh, and planning budgets and, and strategy thoughts, there is there is always a challenge that, that this comes up almost Without notice, it seems to creep up on you in your in your in your annual planning side. The the time to to work out what you're going to be doing over your next twelve twenty four months can really creep up on you. And I think what what we end up doing as as chief information security officers is is rely upon the kind of tried and tested methods of of you know, selecting suppliers that feel like they they have some specific need or they're, they're treating some significant gaps that we've got in our security control plane and and to sort of take that on faith and to go through the procurement process subsequently implement the solution and then find that actually it is significantly behind where we expected it to be in, in terms of its functional capability or its non-functional capability so i guess what this means in in my head is that is that we need to change this model. We need to change this approach. And instead of uh, waiting for those decisions to have been made and, and for planning those decisions in with the specific vendors in advance and then and then implementing the solution and then working it out, I think we really need to bring that forward. So my New Year's resolution would be that actually for everything that's on my current roadmap, uh, I would want to see that there was some 
provable risk reduction for each each of those solutions and that, that we integrate that into the decision-making capability. And that's ultimately what determines what the budget needs to be. And that's, I think if we achieve that, I think we'll be able to have a testable, provable security control environment where less money is wasted and less time is wasted on solutions that that can't prove up front that they can do what they say they do on the tin. Thanks, Phil, for all your thoughts there. Hi, everyone. I'm John Winchester, Director of Product Development and Operations at Secrutiny. And I'd like to talk about my New Year's resolution for CISOs, which can help to illuminate the very security controls that Phil was just talking about, which may not be working or that are not configured properly in your organization. My New Year's resolution, therefore, is to leverage attack simulations to highlight risks, particularly to identify impact, lateral movement, exposure and ransomware attack susceptibility. So, John, what is an attack simulation? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Phil, but it might be it might be better for us to start thinking about what a security control is. <clears throat> and, and, and by that, I'll explain that it, it's really anything that limits the ability that a threat actor has to accomplish their goal, or even for a legitimate user to do something that they shouldn't. And, and these controls can be you know, devices or software, such as firewalls or anti-malware solutions. And, and indeed, they can also be policies and processes, such as change management or acceptable use policies. And it's important to emphasize that both are critical to ensuring uh, everything remains safe in an organization. And, and, and that has an important impact. And, and that is that these controls tend to be complex because you have to be able to marry up both the the technical security controls with your policies and processes. So those things need to be very well aligned. And and anyone anyone that will tell you anyone can tell you that has stared at a five hundred rule firewall policy that, that complexity in these things is, you know, it's rife. It's it's very, very difficult. And that means that mistakes can happen. We are after all only human. And so breach tax simulation can help provide an assurance that um you know, the controls you've put in place are effective and working properly. So effectively, it's marking your homework. And so breach attack simulation is a set of safe tooling that measures your control efficacy. And it doesn't really concern itself with what controls are in place or how they're configured. There's no need to pre-populate an attack simulation tool with that data. But, and it only really cares about what it can achieve once it's landed within your environment. So is it more like a, an attacker's eye view? Yeah, a, like, absolutely. Of your absolutely. Organization? Yeah, yeah. And it uses the very techniques, tactics and procedures that attackers use. Typically, what we do is we install an agent onto a, a, a standard build. <clears throat> it's important that it's aligned with the corporate build because that is, after all, what's in place within the organization. And that's likely to be what gets attacked or subjected to attack. And the agent talks back to a software-based management system in the cloud that defines the types of attacks to simulate. So you could simulate email attacks, phishing attacks, ransomware attacks, lateral movement attacks, and, and that sort of thing. And so there's this quite extensive library of simulations that can be um, put together and run within an organization. And, and, and the important thing here is that it uses those techniques <clears throat> that an attacker would likely use in an attack against any organization. It, it's also important to point out that it doesn't run any malicious code. So it won't land malware in your environment. It won't change permissions on files. It won't 
do anything malign that it shouldn't do. So it's it's just running the techniques and exploring which techniques can be successfully leveraged versus those that can't. And and what you get at the end of it is a report that says what was achieved. The the report can be aligned with MITRE ATT&CK TTPs, um, tactics, techniques and procedures. And that's a that's a fairly standard approach to providing an organization with feedback. But it will highlight where controls are are not working properly or where an organization has a gap in their defenses. And and importantly, you know, it, it's very good at showing where organizations have left the basic principles of cybersecurity perhaps un unexplored in preference for trying to adopt, you know, expensive technology solutions that, you know, ultimately are only as good as the foundation that they're built on. So, so I guess the, the clever the clever part about that, if I'm thinking that through, then is if the security landscape changes and you can continue to update your, you know, the, the techniques that you're using to take account of that, uh, and or your your IT environment changes because everyone's environment always seems to change, or, or people's business priorities seem to change. Uh, it can still give you a useful measure then, can it? Absolutely, yes. The, t- the techniques are, as you rightly point out, constantly evolving and changing. And, you know, the library that I referred to earlier is is consistently updated with the latest trends and samples and techniques <clears throat> that are used by these attackers. And, and so you can... You can at least stay with the curve. You're probably never going to get ahead of a cybersecurity curve, but you can at least stay with it and keep up with keep up with those changes as as and when they happen. So, in a in a ransomware, you know, simulation, let's just say, is there some advantage in you know in not just testing the the technology controls, but but also how your people respond to it? Of course, absolutely. I, I think all all simulations should include an element of assessing and measuring the effectiveness of your response to um, to an attack. And and all organisations, if if they're not using a a tool to perform the attack simulation, should should be encouraged to perform desktop simulations where they they perform a walkthrough of right. Okay, so something's just happened. Um, what are we going to do? What's you know what's what's the right steps? Who do we inform? Have, you know, have we done our impact assessment to to assess you know the scope of the breach or of the attack? And have we informed all the relevant stakeholders? And you know, do we you know if it's a breach, do we need to inform the ICO and that sort of thing? There's there's absolute huge amount of value in 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 organisations you know performing those those desktop exercises. I think that's actually that's really handy because what I've you know what I've found without going into too much detail is is that organisations you know in, in any in any sort of business vertical don't often spend a lot of time getting all the way through to the recovery section mm. of an incident and and the decision, decision making that they would need in in order to effectively determine when was the right time to recover and and how they would actually go about it. And I guess you know increasingly when when people are uncovering these stones for the first time or often often in a real event they're discovering things that you know that that they might they might have better found out through one of these tests so you know that, that perhaps not everything that they're expecting to get back up backed up did successfully get backed up and and also that they haven't tested some of the recovery 
or or how they would make a determination of, of whether or not that attack is now out of the network you know confidently mm. uh, because there's very little point in trying to start a recovery if if the attacker is still present on the network absolutely yeah and i i, th- I think the I think all of those things really point to if, if you're if you're you know if you're starting to consider adopting those those steps those those things all all point to a level of cyber maturity and as you progress along the cyber maturity journey you know more and more of those things will become second nature to your organization yeah we talk a lot about um about muscle memory and and this this sort of rehearsal of of these you know often quite harrowing incidents if you can if you can get to a point where where that has become more or less a business as usual set of decisions mm-hmm. then you know it, it's going to be less frightening not to say not to say that there'll be no no worry or no stress in in such an incident but but because you've because you've practiced some of the tasks it's going to feel slightly less frightening than it would have done uh, and that that muscle memory that you've built up by by repeating those steps should mean that, that you're taking those decisions more quickly and executing those decisions more quickly you know clearly with ransomware the speed with which you uh, you execute those decisions is is critical mm-hmm. in terms of uh, what that final impact is is likely to uh, to account to well it's been great to hear from each of you i think we can all agree some very interesting points have been raised so thank you both for providing your input And on behalf of everyone at Secrutiny, we hope you have a great end to the year and carry some of these resolutions with you into 2022.